This morning what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the most important part about any movie, which is the idea. Um, we're going to be figuring out um, what, what idea you have in your mind and how to say it better when you tell people about it. We're going to be talking about two things, really. We're going to be talking about what's called the pitch and what's called the log line. This morning, when I finish my little talk and we take a break, um, I'm going to ask you to kind of, in the, in the coffee break time, kind of think a little bit about um, how you're going to present your ideas. And what you'll be thinking about is presenting pitches. Uh, you'll be giving us, you know, um, very few words in some cases uh, to describe what your movie is about. Um, one of the one of the uh, uh, inspirations for writing Save the Cat, as a matter of fact, was a, a, a I visited a friend of mine who's a Disney writer, <laughs> and uh, um, many assignments to his credit, many uh, uh, scripts sold. And of course, I made the fatal error of saying, you know, what you're working on. <laughs> to which he said, two horrible words no one wants to hear. Sit down. <laughs> Fade in, he said. A dark and stormy night. Seriously. And, and uh, 20 minutes later, still pitching. Still telling me. Scene after scene after scene of what this was about. Well, what it was about was he had no story. What it was about was he had no pitch. He was he was he had to tell me scene after scene. He had to tell me fade in because he couldn't condense it down to what it was. Well, of course, several weeks later, he called me up late at night and said, "I I, I threw it away. I couldn't I couldn't finish this thing." Well, I I didn't want to break his heart when he pitched me the first time. <laughs> but this is what happens when I, when um, when writers come up with I come up with ideas. Um, I like to call it the smell of the rain on the road at dawn. <laughs> the inspiration where we suddenly go, oh, I got it, I got it. Lightning strikes. But before you go right fade in, it might be a good idea to check with somebody else. <laughs> and that's what this is about. What this is about is um, formulating your ideas into um, a, a way to, to speak it, to say it to somebody else. Tonight, um, I, I will, as I do every Saturday night, I call my girlfriend and I say, here are the pitches that were in the class tonight, today. And I will go through all the pitches. She's really good at picking out the good ones. It's fun for me to repeat what the, what the pitches are. Um, the, uh, but the ones that I always love to pitch are the ones where you, you suddenly go, oh, I got it. I understand exactly what it is. And it doesn't have to be a lot of words. So, pitch and logline. Well, why is this important? Why is pitch and logline important? Pitch and logline is, is important because it's not only I've got an idea that I've got to tell you, and then if it's good, I'm going to go and tell my agent. But the agent is then going to go and call the, a producer, and then the producer is going to call the studio. And then the studio, if they go ahead and make this movie, they're going to try to sell it to us, the audience. And it's the same process all along the way. In the book, I describe how um, it's, we've all had the experience of it's Saturday night. You open up the newspaper and say, what's playing? Well, one of you of your friends is assigned to read the newspaper and pitch what's, what's playing. And you know the good ones from the bad ones right away. I use 40-year-old virgin all the time. 
2005, two movies were playing in the newspaper. Same, side by side. One was, um, they spent $150 million to make it, $50 million on P&A, Princeton Advertising. They're $200 million in, <laughs> okay? And here's what they had for the poster. The title, <clears throat> The Island. <clears throat> And a, a, a lovely picture of Scarlett Johansson, which, you know, um, there was a, a, a building on La Brea and Santa Monica, um, and the entire superstructure was devoted to the poster for the island. It's the biggest poster I think I've ever seen, and there's the pulchritude of Scarlett Johansson. I, I dream about it late at night still. <laughs> and yet, if you, I couldn't tell you what the island was about, and neither could they. The title is horrible. Is our castaways involved? Is Dr. Moreau involved? And, and part of the problem was, too, is they couldn't tell us what the movie was about because the movie idea was a secret. Basically, it's Logan's run with organ donors. <laughs> this is about Scarlett Johansson and some guy. You were McGregor? Somebody. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Scarlett Johansson sort of blocks out my mental mixture of who he is. But that other guy. And they're, they're clones, and they're, they're basically on, on hold for, for their organs if their real other selves back on the mainland ever needs an organ. Well, they couldn't tell us what that movie was about, and they had a lousy poster. Result? $35 million in domestic box office. They're $200 million in. <laughs> $35 million back. Okay? This is, this is, a, this is not good. <laughs> And, and the base is still working off his debt to, <laughs> to the studios by like he's got like seven more movies to make. To Pro yeah, probably, probably. And and all it is about is is just lousy poster, lousy poster, lousy title. Same summer. What was the title? The island. The island. I never even heard of it. See, I saw it, loved it. Well, but you were you were like the only one. Kind of movie. It's the kind of movie I like, but you're right. They it's yeah. They couldn't tell you. They couldn't tell you the end of the movie. Right. And, and I have a thing in the new book called Hiding the Ball, which we'll talk about today a little bit too. Very often a writer will say, you know, here's my movie idea, but you go, I don't, what is that? Well, I didn't want to tell you the secret of it. Well, tell me, <laughs> because otherwise <laughs> I will not ask for that script or I won't go see that movie, mm -hmm. you know. <clears throat> the, other, the other object lesson there, I think, too, is they had the power of DreamWorks. They had $200 million being focused on this, on this project, and it didn't help. All the money in the world, all the stars in the world, you'll see movies open all the time, or not open all the time, with big stars. And you go, why didn't it open? I mean, they're scratching their heads now with Russell Crowe, <coughs> the, the Russell Crowe movie. Well, guess State what? State of Play. Awful title. Probably the worst title ever. And I have no idea what it is. None. Absolutely none. Because they're not selling it. They're selling, you know, it, it, kind of the dead giveaway on all these things is when they say, Starring Oscar-nominated so-and-so, or uh, every time they say Oscar, you know they're in trouble. You know they're, they're desperate to find out any way to sell it. Same summer, the island is on one side of the paper, and on the other side, I, usually what I do in class is just describe the poster. Nice. Relatively unknown guy at the time, yeah. Steve Carell, in a, a little too tight Izod shirt, staring angelically up in, <laughs> at, at the sky. We all know the title: Forty-Year-Old Virgin. Well, part of the reason that works is great title. 
One of the things we talk about in this class a lot is the concept of primal. Does it hit me on a caveman level? I think this is really an important thing about an idea. When I see that poster, I go, how did he get that way? And will he implode in the course of this movie? Will he just suddenly explode out of just desperation? I don't know. I've got to go find out. So whatever that movie cost, I think it was like 40. And, and obviously a huge hit, $100 million plus, plus hit. So this is the power of the idea. They had a great idea. They had a great title. And they didn't have $200 million. They didn't need $200 million. They had a concept. It was half of that. So 20? We all did it for like favorite nations, yeah. Oh my gosh. So they made a huge profit. And it's one, I think it's his best movie. I do like Knocked Up. I do. But I still think, I think 40 Virgin is solid. I think it's really solid. So anyway, this is the power of the idea. And this is the power of what we as spec screenwriters especially have. You know, the biggest problem of all is trying to explain to an audience what is it. This is why you see so many sequels get made, so many things based on comic books and all that other stuff. Because the, the biggest hurdle we face in trying to get the idea across to an audience is to say, what is it? What is it? You're, you know, you're driving down the freeway at 70 miles an hour, you look over at the Cineplex, you resume driving. Well, what did you see? Your, your idea is competing with everybody else's idea too. So you're competing with Spider-Man. You're competing with you know, all the other um, the novels, Da Vinci Code or, or Angels and Demons, things that people already know about. But the wonderful thing about what we can do is we can come up with ideas and titles that are great posters, great hooks, that make us want to go see this movie. So um, what is a good uh, movie idea? Well, <clears throat> in both the pitch and the log line. I think there, there are a couple of things I'd like to point out. One is the concept of primal. Why Slumdog Millionaire a huge hit? It's because it's about as primal as you can get. You know, my mother dies when my brother and I are 12, or however old they are. I love this girl. <laughs> I've got to get, I've got to win a contest to win her heart. Well, I'm there. I'm there. Why is Jaws the most, you know, Jurassic Park, some of the most, you know, popular movies ever? We do not have to explain the premise of that movie. The premise of Jaws and Jurassic Park is don't get eaten. <laughs> As a caveman, I understand what that means. I, I get it completely. And you don't have to, like, sell me on, on, on anything but that. You must ask in your idea, what's primal about it? What goes beyond just the intellectual concept of the, the elements of the idea? What about it is, hits me on, on, a, on a gut level, on a caveman level. Um, this is why Primal, if you have a, t a title of your movie um, that has wedding in the title, you increase your odds incredibly of selling it. Why? Because every culture around the world, everywhere, has, has weddings in it. Yeah in some form or fashion. They know what that is about. So primal is you know, love, lust, survival, life and death, uh, hunger. Um, anything that can that pops off the screen, pops off the, the poster that, that, that a caveman would understand. You must always ask, what's primal about your idea? Second thing is <clears throat> fresh. 
It's one thing to have an idea that's primal. It's one thing to have an idea we understand. But it has to be new. There has to be something about it that's exciting. I'm driving down the freeway. I look over. I look at the Cineplex. What about what I'm seeing there is new? And it doesn't take much. In the book, I talk about um, this wonderful thing that a, uh, uh, a studio executive, <laughs> very Sam Goldwyn kind of expression, which was, he said, give me the same thing, only different. You know, and you'll see lots of examples of that at the movies all the time. You know, Gladiator is just Spartacus. Gladiator is just, you know, whatever. I mean, you see every movie that comes out of the movie theater, I go, oh, that's that, but new. In, in, you know, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, is Die Hard in a Mall. It's just a new way to do Die Hard. Just when you thought there was no more ways to do Die Hard, <laughs> they figured one out. But it's fresh. <clears throat> it's just enough of a twist. And I think that's partly what this is about, too. I think you're, the best idea you can come up with is one where we kind of know what it is, except it's got a new, new twist to it. And we'll talk about that in a second, too. Um, the other thing that I'd really love to talk about is two worlds in collision. It's really great when you have the sense of huge forces at, in conflict. The idea of, of um, Christians in the Colosseum being eaten by lions is real primal. Don't get eaten. But also within that idea is two huge worlds in conflict. Romans versus newly burgeoning Christians. We see two worlds in collision in that one, in that one setting in the Colosseum. And I think this is important too. If you look at like Romeo and Juliet, if you look at any fish out of water story, Legally Blonde, a fish from the, from the sorority world goes into Harvard. Well, those are worlds in collision in that idea. And I think, I think that's what it is. 40-year-old version, same thing. Which is like, he represents vir virginity, in a sense, ethics, in an unethical world. These are worlds in collision, and it, it grabs my attention. Anyway, it, it, nothing wrong and unethical about having sex. No, 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 I understand. But, it, but I think part of what it is is he has, he's, um, no, he's an old-fashioned guy. He's yeah. almost like, he's almost like a, a um, he's been frozen in time in a weird sense. Yeah. But in his world, era. in yep. his world, which would be that store, he's just among some of the most crass and vulgar and... And it's great. Yeah. And it's great. And yet he's the one who has an effect on them, right. which I just love. You know, suddenly he, they're all seeing what he wants to, you know, following his lead, yeah. becoming a more ethical people, which I just is fabulous about, about that for your version. So think about that in your idea, too. What are the two worlds in collision here? What are the bigger issues at play? Because I think that gets our attention as well. And, and the, the fourth thing I like to say is it's, it's white hot at the center. There is a sense of there's something like, a, like an acetylene torch arc light that just gets my attention for an, this idea. You know, it is not hard to make a movie anymore. It is not hard to get it out there. We all have typewriters and can get our script in people's hands. But what you are competing with is everybody else who is also competing for attention. So how is yours going to be different from theirs? How is your idea going to be pop off the page and demand that we have a, an, our attention? This, this is the sizzle. 
This is about find, finding the sizzle of your idea, and it's really, really important. So as you sort of ideate. Can you be specific about yep. that with a movie? Well, I mean, I think um, all the time, the, the ones that are, I think it's kind of all of this sort of adds up to this in a sense. You know, white hot at the center means I just, I, can't, I have to look. I have to see what this is about. 40-year-old virgin is a great example. I have to know. I got to know. You know, and, and, and I think um, even Slumdog Millionaire is like that too. I was not interested in seeing Slumdog Millionaire and I, until I heard sort of the, more of the pitch, which was it's about a guy who goes on a game show and is accused of cheating because he knows all the answers. Well, I went, oh, what's that about? I mean, to me, poor guy in this world on the verge, on the verge of being a millionaire, why are they stopping him from doing that? What's the mystery here? Well, I've got to know. I've got to find out. So you find out all this other stuff too as you go. So think about this as you think about your ideas. Is it primal? Is it fresh? Are there two worlds in collision? And is it white hot center? Is it sizzles? Long dog fits that perfectly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Perfectly. And, and you'll find most hits do. The ones that really jump off the page are, 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 hit, are hit this too. So that's pitch. And um, we've had some really good ones in this class. The pitch can be a, just a few words. Um, there was a guy who came into class and he sold this this script. It was he his pitch was this. It's um, reverse big. You know the movie Big. Mm -hmm. Reverse big. The name for his movie was Pee Wee. Well, do we know what that is? Of course. Instead of a little boy becoming a man, it's about a man who becomes a little boy. Mm -hmm. Same set of magic. Same concept basically. It's just reverse big. Pee Wee. Robert Hanny went and sold that script. It's an easy pitch. It's mm -hmm. just just. Primal, fresh, just, just a little bit new. Two worlds in collision, absolutely fresh. Now, that's, I, that's pitch. Fewest number of words. Anything is fair game. Um, the, the pitch is kind of what you want to think of as the elevator pitch. Um, instead of my friend saying, you know, sit down on a dark and stormy night, you want to have, you want to have, um, uh, just the fewest number of words. My favorite pitch for one of my uh, scripts is for a, a movie called Granny. I always like to say this one because, uh, you know, the elevator pitch is you have you, you have two floors to tell, uh, you know, Jerry Bruckheimer what what you're working on. You know, you're, you're in an elevator with Jerry Bruckheimer. He turns to you and says, "Hey, Blake, what you working on?" <laughs> you do not want to have to push the emergency stop and say, "Fade in, dark and stormy night." <laughs> You want to have just a couple of phrases, a couple of words. Well, Granny is a script I sold in 2006, uh, and it's one of my favorite pitches ever. This is a PG-13 horror movie. It's about a senior serial killer who kills teenagers who violate the rules of etiquette. <laughs> and here's my poster line, Granny, she's off her rocker. <laughs> Ding. Well, but two floors. I got, I got Jerry Bruckheimer hooked on what Granny is. He will not make that movie. He probably will not go see that movie. But if he asked, have you talked to Blake lately? He said, yeah. He's working on this funny thing about this crazy grandmother who kills kids who violate the rules. And I think it has a really funny poster line. I can't remember exactly what it is. But no. But the point of this is, is in a few words, I can tell you what it is, and that will translate to the poster as well. Okay? So th that is what we're, we're shooting for here. So once you have the um, once you have the pitch down, you're going to go to something called the log line, and the log line is usually one or two sentences, 
Hit 2 is brief. But what you want to do is you want to have certain components for the log line. Why aren't they exactly the same thing? Hmm? Why are they separate? Why aren't they the same thing? Uh, for a really good reason. Um, it's I need a poster. I need to get you excited. To get a producer excited like Jerry Bruckheimer, I've got to tell him the pitch for Granny. And guess what? When that movie gets made, that's the pitch that's going to excite an audience. They don't have time to hear what it's about. We're, we're, we have busy, busy lives. But the log line, why, what's the distinction between the two? Because, I'll, well, I'll tell you. Okay. If Jerry says, oh, I like that. Miracle of Miracles. Jerry says, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Why don't you send me something on that? Well, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to send him a treatment. I'm going to go to the next step, which is a log line. Here's the story of Granny, which is different than the pitch. Mm. Let me get to that. A, a log line has a type of protagonist. A type of antagonist. A conflict and an open-ended question. What will happen? I like to think of a good logline has sort of at the end of it a musical sustain. What will happen? I don't know. What will happen? Um, and you don't want to give it away as much as I want. You don't want to give away what happens necessarily. You want to kind of leave them wanting more. You don't want to say, for instance, Citizen Kane's about this guy and he has a sled named Rosebud. No. <laughs> Leave that for the movie. Um, type of protagonist, type of antagonist, conflict, and an open-ended question. The pitch for Granny is one thing, but the log line is different. Granny is not about Granny necessarily, because she's just the monster in the house. It's really about the person who's living in the house. And that is uh, Amber. Amber is a 16-year-old girl whose mother's just died. So when this uh, lady claiming to be her long-lost grandmother knocks at her door. She says, come on in. Amber is a, um, the log line for, for Granny is a 16-year-old uh, Amber whose mother's just died. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, let, let's, let's a woman claiming to be her grandmother in the door who's, um, you know, need for rules and, and I, I forget how it goes. But the point of it is, is it's more of a story. It's more of a story. It's gone from being a poster, which is this crazy grandmother who killed people, to a story about Amber. Isn't one for, one is for you to deliver to other people, and the other one, the log line, is for yourself to help you work out the constructs of the idea? Yes, okay. that, is, that, is, that, is, it, 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 that is true, too. But it's also a wonderful, another wonderful little coin of the realm, which is, I've got you hooked on my pitch for Grammy, Grammy, but you want to know more about it? Well, let me tell you what it's about. It's really about Amber. Uh, and the wonderful part about the log line for, for Granny is um, the story used to be <laughs> the ten drafts that didn't sell. It was about the husband. His wife just died. He has these two unruly kids, Amber who's 16 and Ben who has asthma. He's 10. And then, same dark and stormy night, knock at the door, there's this woman claiming to be his wife's long-lost grandmother, and he says, come on in. Well, that draft didn't sell because I had the wrong target market. It, you know, 40-year-old men don't go see these movies. Teenagers do. And now it's Amber who's the star of this film. Mm -hmm. OK, 
Okay? So that's all in the log line. We have a type of protagonist who's Amber, who's why is, what type of it is she? She's bereft. She's sad. There's a sense uh, in a lot of these log lines, and I'll, it'll be clearer in a second, that there's a, um, a deficit in the character that will be sort of filled in in the course of this story. She's bereft now, but by the end she won't be. She's sad now, but by the end she won't be. Type of antagonist. What type of bad guy? Well, Granny's clear. She's, she's somebody who likes order. She teaches etiquette. And if you violate etiquette, you are dead. <laughs> I love Granny. Great movie. You know, knitting needles through the eyes, running people over in the car. It's great. Because uh, I'm an etiquette bug, you know. So This, this guy's dark. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a comedy. Conflict, that's clear. Life and death. I don't want to die. And open-ended question, well, what will happen to Amber? I don't know. Maybe she will die. We don't know. That's why I wanted to find out what the story is. Well, in, in your, um, in your um, uh, packet here, we have other, some other qualities that I would like to propose. A good log line has a sense of irony. Irony is a uh, kind of a left turn. The uh, dramatic twist that we were not expecting. Um, I think all good ideas have to have a sense of irony. One of the reasons this came up was I, I have a partner. We wrote a, a movie called Blank Check, Colby Carr and I, and we used to be writing partners. And we would read the spec screenplay sales every week or every month, I forget. And Colby was looking over the list of those spec screenplay ideas. And he suddenly went, you know what every one of these has in it? Irony. I thought, well, you know what? That's pretty brilliant. That's really true. Kobe had really stumbled onto something. Die Hard. Uh, on the verge of divorce, a guy goes to visit his wife in Los Angeles. We're expecting one thing. And her building is taken over by terrorists. What? Huh? Got my attention. Pretty woman. Businessman hires a hooker to be his date for the weekend. Okay. And they fall in love. Wow, what's, that's an ironic twist. Well, I think every good idea that you pitch out in your logline has to have some sense of irony in it. The other one is a compelling mental picture. We will hear in class today lots of ideas. But the ones that we will love the most are the ones where you pitch out your idea and suddenly everybody goes, ooh, ooh, have you thought about putting this in? And ooh, ooh, how about that? When, when people pile on to your idea and add into it, that is a compelling mental picture. You know, I don't, if I pitch you Die Hard, for instance, and say there's this guy, he's the lone defender of this office building that's taken over by terrorists, I bet if you've seen the movie or not, you're already filling in in your head, there's going to be an elevator shaft scene. <laughs> there's going to be somebody swinging from a fire hose. You play out the images in your head. Well, that's a good one, and that's what you want to have in your in your log line too. A compelling mental picture. Other one is audience and cost. Who is this for? Writers do not ask this question. Who is this movie for? How much is it going to cost to make it? Will I make my money back? Um, the biggest audience there is is one called Four Quadrant. The quadrants are 
men over 25, men under 25, women over 25, women under 25. That's four quadrant. That's Shrek. Parents, they get the Joan Rivers jokes. Kids, they like the mud jokes. If you draw from all four of those quadrants, you have a big hit. All the Pixar movies are based on this model. Jokes for us, jokes for the band, and jokes for kids. So, audience at cost, who is your, who is your audience and who is it for? And finally, killer title. There's nothing as good as a great title and nothing worse than a bad one. The bad ones are all plain ones. The island. God, bang. I have no idea why. It's just like the power, the marketing of Universal. That's it? The island? <laughs> Crazy. Um, but I, I hear a lot of great movie ideas from writers. And often, it just they kill it with like a bad title or a plain title. My favorite, I, as I say in the book, um, worst title of all time, which is For Love or Money. Huh. <laughs> you could probably logically call any movie ever made For Love or Money. <laughs> and be right, technically. <laughs> but it's just like, it's just nothing. It doesn't tell you anything. Slumdog Millionaire, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Gone with the Wind, For Love or Money. Um, but you need, a, you need a really good title. And the title, the one rule is, it has to say what it is. Um, in the book, I cite a movie called Four Christmases. It's, it, the pitch is, it's a newly married couple who goes and spends Christmas at each of their four divorced parents' homes. They could have called that many things. They could have called it Yuletide. They could have called it, you know, Home for the Holidays. They would have been technically correct. But Four Christmases is just a good, good title. It's the most accurate title they could. It's not the best title ever, but it's a, at least it's an accurate one. So these are all things that have to be in your, in your log lines. And now check out some log lines that I have written lately. This is, uh, we have Snyder pitches and log lines. Current Snyder pitches and projects. Yes, thank you. What are my hands right Okay, Space Babies. This is my attempt to have a McDonald's Happy Meal connected with one of my movies someday. <laughs> I'm hoping. Um, this is a combination live action animation movie. This is for Disney, no doubt about it. This is for Quadrant, no doubt about it. This is, my, my picture in my head is, Mommy, Mommy, can we go to McDonald's and collect the last space baby? Because if we do, for $1.99, I can, get, I can buy the little spaceship that came in. <laughs> <laughs> this, we all have our dreams. <laughs> this is mine. Space babies. What kind of couple? Gets back to this other part. A type of protagonist. Childless couple runs afoul of their gated community and a jealous former suitor of the wife's. That's the Alec Baldwin part. When they rescue five infants from a crashed meteor. Good log one. Um, type of protagonist. What type? Childless. I have a sense that by the end of this movie, that 
part will be filled in for them. It's almost like we've set up a problem for the hero in the beginning with that one adjective. Pretty good. By the end of this movie, we'll have a sense whether they keep the children or not that this will somehow be resolved. Who are they up against? Well, gated community. We understand what that is. It's a, a, a world with lots of rules in it. Jealous former sort of the wives. This is somebody who's been dogging mom for the last 10 years going, dump that guy, marry me, I can give you lots of kids. <laughs> and suddenly into their lives come these um, remarkable and marketable <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> children. <laughs> um, you'll note, I don't repeat the word babies in the log line. It's a fine point. I call them infants in the log line. Um, to me, the reason for this is a, a title and logline is one sentence. You want it to be elegant. You only get 25 words tops. Make the, make the words count. Okay? So this is a pretty good logline. We understand what it is. It, and it meets all the requirements. Primal, boy oh boy. Fresh, you bet. Um, two worlds in collision, <laughs> absolutely. Alien babies and human uh, with gated community. White hot? Absolutely, I think. Call McDonald's. <laughs> if I were driving by the if I were driving down the down the freeway and I looked over and I saw a poster for space babies, I'd go, that one. Me. That's me personally. And if you were a family person with kids, I think you'd go too. Is it an adults only community? Could be, but I think in, in this version it's just mostly rule driven. But that's a good idea. But you see conflict. Well, even more so because yeah. then you got to keep the kids c completely quiet. There you go. You know. There you go. No schools. Yep. There you go. I'm seeing like a three-year-old just just handling a Bentley like it's nothing. Just <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right, right. Using his telekinetic power. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. A lot of fun. A lot of yeah. fun. Well, we have to have them be multicultural too. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think I, I think they, they all have a different power. This is uh, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, is what it is. Mm -hmm. And, well, and these to are be a black, and there has to be a Chinese, and there has to be a you know. You ran out of that quay. Just thinking, oh, it really is a small world. <laughs> <laughs> a small world after all. But I think I think this actually hits all the all the things I'm asking for. Irony, yes. Compelling mental picture, yes. Because you're already pitching out stuff. Driving a bit, see? Mm. Audience and cost, we know who it's for. We're willing to spend $80 million on this movie because we can see the back end of this. There's a TV series here. There's all kinds of stuff. There's a big audience. We know. I'll go as high as 120. What the heck? Killer title. It's, it's a good title. Could be better. But it says what it is. So we'll go with it for now. Um, one more. Um, just so you know, just don't do just family comedy. There's another one here called Emerald City. What kind of cop? Disgraced cop. Don't we get the sense that by the end of this movie that will be fixed or somehow resolved? Yes, we do. One simple little adjective to describe who this character is, and we suddenly have a much more compelling reason to root for him. Called up by the National Guard and sent to Iraq discovers a string of local murders with the same MO, modus operandi, as an unsolved case back home. Mm, very interesting. Oh, nice. Love that. Nice. I do really like That's that. That's quite hot. Definitely. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, that, that is. one's good. That is. Makes me want to know why. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Irony galore. Great message. 
Really interesting, really interesting idea. A murder investigation in the middle of a war zone. Pretty darn cool. Um, and Emerald City, good title, I think. We're over, the, we're over the rainbow. We're no longer in Kansas anymore. A and also, uh, Emerald City res uh, is about the green zone of Baghdad. Mm. That's what uh, they call it. Nice. That, was, that was my question. Yeah. I had an, I had, yeah, I didn't another know title name. came to me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I was when the reading description, I thought Long Walk Home. Ooh, mm. I like but that. Then, and I had questions around the word Emerald City. I'm like, there must be a reason why he's called it Emerald City, but for that long or... He's come full circle. Yes. He has to go from point A to from where he was. Right. So. Right. Good idea. Emerald City it sort of talks about a couple things, and and um, but yeah, I, I think what we want to do is say what it is, and and you've pinpointed his particular struggle. That's right. Well, does this meet this irony? You bet. Compelling mental picture. You bet. Audience and cost. This is not going to be 120 million dollars. It can be done for a price. <laughs> But it falls in the category of a lot of these kind of thriller ideas. Killer title, I think, works. I got a question. Yeah. What is this? Uh, why done? Uh, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely right. What was your question? What, what genre oh, of movie is what, this? What, 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 what was it? Uh, why done? Why done? Yeah. And, and uh, the why done it category, which you're working on? Actually, I realized mine's uh, due with the problem. Oh, cool. Yeah, I struggled with it too, and then it dawned on me one day. I went, no, it's due with the problem. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Great. Life or death struggle? Good. Okay. Um, the rest of these are not so good. Um, I, I think, I, well, I take that back. The next one is not so good. This is an example of one um, that started off great, <laughs> but it's unfinished. Why? Well, look at the log line. Bet the house. Cute title. Parents away for the weekend. A teen loses stepfather's home in a poker game to a con man. This is risky business with poker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it sounded like risky business for me. Why didn't you, it's different than in your book, you changed it to teen versus a, a married guy. Well, yeah. actually, this is a different movie. Married guy, married guy worked. Married guy was poker, poker night. Right, I thought okay. it was just a yeah, poker yeah, night. Yeah. yeah, that's a good one. This is, he loses the house and then what? Because he's a teenager and it's not his house, it just doesn't even make sense. And that's and that's where we sort of drive kind of aren't high enough for him. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he has, he gets grounded. Yep. <laughs> and that's why we we stalled out around page fifty. We never could finish the script. Um, the point. Don't you think that the con men start threatening the teen's life? Maybe. But at page I, fifty, and then all of a sudden, it's how the father gets pulled in, and maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think it's 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 rife with problems. And, and that's the other benefit of the logline, too. I think you can see lots of stuff in these loglines. I think you can see an entire story. And I think between the pitch, are we intrigued by your story, to the logline, where we actually see how the, the component parts of the logline of the story come out. We know a lot about your story. We know what's going on.